Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Gal dar karta. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start uh, episode 189 of Ask Vidas and Usha podcast. This question was sent by Steven. He writes, good morning, Vidas. I'm finding your Ask Vidas and Usha podcast very helpful. And he have a two-part question I'd like to submit. Many years ago, very early in my experience as a church organist, when I was playing one Sunday morning during the Advent season, a young nun standing in the front row who taught music in the nearby elementary school unexpectedly turned around during the opening hymn and began waving her hands to direct the congregation at a tempo much faster than it should be taken. The organ, of course, must lead, but she evidently felt the tempo should be faster, which wasn't the case at all. The organ wasn't dragging and neither was the congregation. She seemed not to know that the congregation is never conducted during a worship service because it distracts the worshippers from their devotions. She was literally hauling the congregation by the scruff of the neck from line to line of the hymn with her arm waving without giving them any time to take a breath. The fact that tempo of hymns needs to be nuanced in the service, never rushed, that singers need a split of a second between phrases to breathe, none of that seemed to register or even matter to her. When she failed to return my phone calls, why I never found out, I took the matter to the priest, who told me it was up to me to work things out with sister. He also added, that how I went about doing that was also up to me. <laughs> he washed his hands of it uh, when I felt uh, he should have waned uh, in on it, since his organist was encountering unnecessary interference, and he was in a position to do something about it. The next time I found myself playing was uh, for Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, the opening hymn was Adeste Fidelis in the key of A-flat major, two stanzas. Sister took her place again in the front pew, and uh, right on time she turned around uh, during the opening stanza and started waving her hands at the tempo that had some people out of breath, and the rest of them two beats or more ahead of the organ. My thought was, this can't get any more messed up than it already is, or can it? Maybe it's time for a demonstration. Remembering what the priest had told me, the way I handled it was, I abruptly dropped the key of the hymn to F major by transposition, and unrelated key three half steps below for the second stanza without a modulating interlude to get the congregation there, something an organist should never, ever repeat, never do. With this happened, uh, when this happened, everyone stopped singing, of course, because their sense of tonal center had evaporated into thin air. Sister was in shock and began waving her arms frantically to get the people to catch up to no avail. It was a silent night for them right through the whole second stanza. 
Shame, shame on me for showing sister just how bad things can get messed up when everybody's trying to do their own thing. I figured I was dead, dead meat. Somehow I made it to my car. Sister never showed up at any organ mass I played after that for the next two years. And it just wasn't the same without her. <laughs> things went fine. So, while this seemed to solve the problem at the time, I can't really recommend this kind of solution. It's too disrupting to the, con to the conduct of the service, not to mention jarring to the nerves. And I figured there must be a better way to deal with things like that. Better communication on the part of the organist, maybe. My question, I guess, has two parts. One. How to get the pastor more involved in what happens musically when there is an obvious problem uh, with the hymn singing that begs to be solved? And two, how to deal with well-meaning but interfering micromanagers who won't let the organist do his, his or her job. Fighting fire with more fire like this carries its own dangers. It can get you bottled up and choking to death if you're not careful. And uh, any suggestions from your own experience on how to better handle situations like this would be much appreciated. I'm sure not just by me, but by every church organist out there. Many thanks for your wonderful website, podcasts, instructional materials, kind generosity, encouragement, and your precious friendship. Stephen. Wow, that's quite a story, right? Also. Yes, I... You know, I just laughed out loud, you know, it was so funny, but I, I can just, you know, guess how the poor Stephen felt at that moment. It must have not been fun for him at that time. I just hope that Stephen has posted this long comment uh, as a blog post on his own blog uh, called um, organbench.com. Uh, because it's really valuable Yes, it's a fascinating story, you know, and I think many organists will appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing that I could, you know, suggest in Stephen case, what you could do, maybe not transpose, you know, the, the next stanza to a different key, but, but to play organ as loudly as possible. Maybe that way, you know... To overpower. Yes, to overpower any, you know, attempts to, to you know, to change your tempo that actually you must dictate. That's a wise solution, right? Although I liked kind of Stevens, too. I know, but, you know, <laughs> if, if, if priests would care more, you might lose your position as an organist in the church after such an incident. So, mm -hmm. you know, and what Stephen also asked about is how to involve your priest to the music, to the music part of the worship. That's, that's uh, you know, this, this, this sort of problem has two, two, two parts of it. On the other hand, it's bad if you no know, priest does not show much interest in the musical part of the service. But on the other hand, it's good because it, you know, it frees your hands and you can do whatever you want to do. And I'm not telling that you have to, you know, to sort of experiment and, you know, play whatever. And Although you could. Well, 
I I would, I would not, play whatever I would I would like. not suggest to do that but but it means that you know you can be you know your own owner you know, of what you are making master master yes mm-hmm. and you can make things your way and you know to play what you want you know what what you like and you no know, another thing how would I suggest to overcome people like that none I would probably do rehearsals with congregation before the service. Let's see, some 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 of the people you know come to church quite early, before the service. Mm-hmm. And if you know if you don't have something special going on, like sometimes there are months in Catholic church when you have, for example, rosary, you know, spoken before the service or something else going on, you could just do short rehearsals, like ten minutes rehearsals with congregation. Let's say, you know, you would say that today we will sing hymns, numbers, mm-hmm. that, that, and that. And now we will just try, you know, to sing one stanza of each of them. And you could, you know, go you know, downstairs from the organ pew and go in front of the congregation and sing with them. That's only on Sundays, though? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that's on Sundays. Even more people come? Yes. I see. Uh, what I suspect that your solution uh, to play with much power, with mixtures, even read sometimes, and overpower, uh, a, let's say, a heckler, right? Like a troll. It's uh, She was like a troll, trolling uh, Stephen's service, right? I know, and I think this might be a problem because she was also an elementary school teacher, as I understood. She, <laughs> I see. She, you know, so, well... Don't get offended, but I think, you know, and he did not write how old was she. But if, let's say, she was already in her mid-age or, you know, even later on, teaching... Changes you. Teaching, yes, it changes you. And with years, you just become sort of, you know, that teacher thing becomes like a diagnosis for you. Oh, what do you mean? Well, imagine you have to, day after day, to sort of teach kids, like elementary school kids. Mm -hmm. And you have to (laughs) rule them, you know, to make them to behave, behave, you know, to make silence in your classroom and order and everything work. I think she just sort of lost the sense of, you know, of reality. Where she was. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think with her congregation, she also acted like you all were, you know, her her students, you know, her elementary school Mm -hmm. graders. And I think that's, that's sort of funny, but on the other hand, sad. But, you know, in order, if you would go downstairs in front of your congregation and you would take responsibility for, you know, for him singing mm-hmm. and teach them and lead them, conduct them, you know, before service, you would show that, you know, you are the leader of the music in this church and uh, no other person. Uh, as, uh, although the situation sounds very unfortunate, right, we could all draw a valuable lesson here, right, uh, like uh, I'm quoting... Uh, or paraphrasing, paraphrasing Maybe from Pride and Prejudice, yes. Exactly. Um, the lesson would be to 
um, first of all from the position of the of the elementary school teacher or none right who who interfered with Stevens playing would be to I think to uh, get involved in many other areas in uh, of of uh, interest in life not only teaching you know not only one side in case of yourself not only organ right and you should have a lot of passions and interests therefore your person personality would have you know developed more rounded uh, that would be a great thing to do if you can if you have time and uh, another from the position of uh, Stephen of organist could be to uh, without any anger actually not taking personally this was not a personal attack at all uh, without taking this um, to the next level of uh, anger uh, you could uh, um, simply the first thing you could do is play much louder and with much more um, power and your congregation would would have no choice but to follow you I think so yes especially no as as you wrote that you know you played Adesta Fidelis mm -hmm. that's you no know, joyful loud hymn exactly so you have to play it very loud and uh, if uh, if you want you could do congregational re rehearsals too sure before service for people they they will appreciate that gesture. and that way you know if you will rehearse with your congregation you might listen to them how are we singing and you might choose some of the leaders between them that can really then you know lead the congregational singing when you will be playing from upstairs you mean that organists could assign some people to lead? yes yes that's true or or like some people do they transfer their choir members downstairs to the pews yes in various position locations of the church between the congregation members and and they are not dressed in robes they are just like uh, civilians yes <laughs> good good word choir members are not civilians yes <laughs> in this case not all right um, and and then nobody will know that they're you know they have special powers right they will like uh, everybody else but they think more powerfully this way that's true excellent question and story too you know people should uh, express themselves like like Stephen did uh, in this uh, in this question too uh, with so much humor and so much poetry too uh, we loved uh, discussing this so please send us more of your questions it's really fun this was with us and Osha and remember when you practice miracles happen